You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hey, Chris, what are you drinking there? Oh, you never seen one of these before? No, what is that? Oh, man, this is Brewery in Austin, Circle uh, Brewing. They're uh, right near my house, right up on uh, Breaker Road. They got their own brewery with a bunch of stuff. This is actually, you're going to you're gonna think I'm lying. This is, I think, the best American Hefeweizen I've ever had, Circle Brewer. out. It's made in America. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. high praise coming from you. Well, take a sip of this thing. Try that. All right, let me see. No, no, no. That wasn't the Hefeweizen. That was the IPA. Yeah, no, I... That was the ladybird yeah that that's good too man they make a lot of good beers and like i said you can come visit them at their tap room right down the street here from me uh on on breaker lane it's um it's delicious stuff and they actually became the sponsor for the the website one of us.net wow good guys and they live right down the street from here they certainly do and you can even get their beer in convenience stores now Ah, convenience store i'm gonna just walk over to circle Hey everybody, it's Eye on the Prize once again. We're going to do a quick little episode, which quick is relative by our terms, because I know we can talk a lot, but the shortlist for the technical categories, or at least some of them, just came out today, and I'm super excited because, one, it makes my job a lot easier to predict the categories, but two, there's some good representation on this. But hey, I'm Justin Zarian, and who do I have over here? Bradley Martin. How you doing? Very good, thank you. Happy to talk about more awards. Yes, indeed. Now, also, we'll do a quick, 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 quick run through of a few other things that came out literally since we recorded that last podcast. It's like everybody is putting out their awards. Again, I'll be shocked if we don't see like the Boise Film Group, which there isn't one. But if there is one, they would come out with an award prize, I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, but the first one here, since uh, funny Davey and a few other people in us, we have a little group that we chat with on Facebook. And Davey just mentioned how he had seen Roma and. Davy being Davy, he was like, ah, Roma, you know, whatever, kind of thing like that. But the film that he was raving about and apparently won a bunch of awards in this first thing that we have here, it's Cold War. Uh, so do you know about this film, uh, Bradley? I only know about this film through the hardware and uh, uh, trophies it's been earning. That's the most yes. I know about it. Yeah. So Cold War is the newest film for the guy who did Ida a few years back. You know, that uh, Polish uh, Catholic priest or uh, Catholic nun movie. Oh my gosh, that was in, yeah. that was in my top ten that year. Oh yeah, so this is his newest film, which is apparently loosely based on how his parents actually met during the Cold War, like like during in, in Poland during that era. Okay, wow. So yeah, he adapted that into kind of a uh, Cold War arty love story that's shot in black and white and in a one by one ratio, just like um, Ida is. So. Uh, but yeah, so the European Film Awards came out and it walked away with five wins. Including uh, picture, director, uh, and I think lead actress and a couple other prizes. So, that's cool. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I mean, it's nice to see these kind of films getting represented. Because actually, a few of these movies are ones we'll talk about on the short list. Because people are responding to them pretty big. Uh, even some of the nominated films that were up this year for the European Film Awards. It was um, a movie you watched, Border. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, me and uh, yeah, London uh, reviewed that, I believe. Yes, he did. And then uh, Dogman, Girl, and Happy as Lazaro. Which, Girl, I've heard about only because, of course, the instant it started getting award prize, people were like, oh, this film's problematic because it deals with trans issues and it's not a trans actor in the lead role. Well, you know, baby steps, but yeah, I'd have to see it before, before judgment, of course. No, I agree. Like, And that's the thing. It's like, look, fine, okay, trans representation and all. I just want to know, is the movie itself any good? I just want to see that myself. So Yeah, you know, there's big issues behind little issues behind big issues, and they, they're all fighting right now. Um, but hopefully the film opens up some doors and windows to progress. That's what I always like to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, that's that. Now, the next one here, uh, hey, you people in, in Austin, your neighbors in Houston voted for their top films. Houston! <laughs> And now, so I think this is only the nominations so far. Uh, yeah, so the nominations, they actually had a long list of films that got nominated. But yeah, so it's uh, Star is Born, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Eighth Grade, Beale Street, The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Hereditary, wow, Roma, and Vice. Which, that seems like a pretty, like, like, these are all the films that are getting tossed around, exactly the same films, more or less, in most critic groups, it feels like. Now, what I'm surprised about is seeing Vice everywhere. Since this morning, Rotten Tomatoes 
review of it has just been like, well, not Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes isn't a reviewer. But the overall pool of critics on Rotten Tomatoes have been like, Vice is okay, I guess. Oh, but have I've you even seen the uh, the news stories on INDB? Like, literally, like, four articles in a row plastering about, like, oh, critics are very mixed on it. Oh, maybe it's not as good as you think it is. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. this kind of stuff. I'm like, is there, like, a concerted effort to attack this movie? And it's funny, <laughs> I, sure. I talked to my professor, um, one of my professors on campus here just this morning, and we got into this debate about it where it's like, so this movie is clearly made for an audience who wants to attack Dick Cheney, but those are exactly the people who won't go watch it because they don't want to watch the movie about Dick Cheney. And then the conservatives won't watch it because it's attacking Dick Cheney. So this is a movie, a movie oh, essentially made for nobody. It's like a, oh, it's like a drift. A movie also not many people saw. I don't think people are worried about politics with a drift, though. So, <laughs> But, you know, that's the thing. It's like, okay, so maybe you don't like Dick Cheney. That's fine. There's plenty of things to criticize Dick Cheney for. But then you just say, oh, this movie's probably crap because it's about Dick Cheney. And then, you know, okay, look, some people may have some legit criti- criticisms with this movie. But the way that it's all coming out at once seems too concerted and concentrated, you know? Well, for me, when it comes to biopics, especially of uh, political figures... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of them, whether I like the subject or I don't, because walking the line between uh, making your subject like an angel that flew too close to Earth and lost his wings, or making your subject like a demon who escaped from hell and says, I guess I'll live here for a while, is so hard. And they're usually very, regardless, um, what's the word... They tear audiences apart. And um, yep. Dick Cheney, yeah, I, I honestly don't know much about Dick Cheney past the headlines that he made. I mean, sadly, and I apologize for anyone who looks to me for political guidance, the most thing I know about a Dick Cheney scandal was he was the VP and he shot a guy in the face once. I mean, that's it. Well, uh, I mean, those Enron, are the most popular I, I don't, yeah. I don't even understand Enron, to be honest with you. Well, see, that's but, the thing, um, that this movie's meant to educate people about Cheney. Or at least give like a, okay. a quick touch up, but that's the problem. Well, then is that good, then, yeah. again, people just cover their ears and go nah, 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 nah about it. So <laughs> right. I'm just like, so again, you're defeating yourself, you know, audiences, and I just, I, I don't get it. I just really don't get it. Yeah, and I thought Adam McKay built up so much goodwill with his career too. So maybe I, I guess I don't know. there is there a concerted effort for people to attack their own within the, these communities. You know, we're not going to go into this. This is just this is going to be <laughs> yeah, a rabbit hole. I'm just podcast. People, it's people, an interesting topic though. People so. are stupid. I'm sorry, <laughs> but some people who I guess some people might call stupid, but I'm kind of glad about this. My boys, my people in Utah, who voted for uh, their favorite films of the year, and guess who won? Who could have won Utah? Let's see. Now I already know. I'm, I'm just messing with you I guys. Know. My, sp- no, so, my spidey sense is tingling about this award show. Yeah, believe it or not, Utah did not vote for Roma. That was their runner-up. The winner was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, was their film best film of the year. Which, for people who don't know, Utah, because we don't drink, because we don't smoke in Utah on a whole, because we don't do engage in a lot of stuff, the one thing we can do is indulge in our inner nerd to our heart's content. And sure enough, a lot of people in Utah are super nerdy. So I'm like, I'm not surprised at all (laughs) with this. But uh, yeah, I walked away with Best Picture, Best Animated Feature, and Best Adapted Screenplay. (laughs) So I'm just like, wow. That's pretty freaking cool, you know. I mean, my top ten every year, there usually is a great animated feature within my top three. So hearing all the praise about Spider-Man, who doesn't love Spider-Man, by the way, I'm just so hyped for this movie now. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, Quran won for Best Director for Roma, of course, but uh, Ryan Coogler was runner-up, funny enough. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Ethan Hawke won Best Actor. Ellie Fisher won, mm. uh, Elsie Fisher won Best Actress for 8th Grade. Um, Hugh Grant and Russell Hornsby tied for Best Supporting Actor, which I'm like, wow, that was cool. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if we saw, like, Hugh Grant's name as a surprise? Like, what? Where did this guy come from? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. For Paddington to – I would be happy. I would just be, like, smiling cheek to cheek, all my teeth showing. you seen Paddington, too. Oh, sorry? You've seen Paddington 2 then, right? Dude, yeah. I was like in the theater first weekend when it came out. I <laughs> love both really cool. movies. They were great. Yeah, same. They're a staple for our family viewing at home. Well, and it makes me so sad that so many people in America don't watch those movies. I'm just like, look, I get it. It's a very British movie, but it's super accessible, I would say. so. Um, well, and yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, going from there, Seattle put their vote. Uh, best film, Roma, of course. 
So hmm. Roma's starting to take. All yeah, the hey Seattle, <laughs> they they're following the trend with a lot of these criticers. But they also did vote Tony Collette for Best Actress in Hereditary, so that's good. Excellent. Yep, yep. Um, they also voted Spider-Man for Best Animated Film. They voted Best Screenplay to The Favorite, actually, which I'm getting the suspicions The Favorite might be a top contender in original screenplay right now, which yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay thinking, with. yeah, The Favorite might steal away um, my uh, First Reform award there. Yeah. I'm still rooting for First Reform to get something, but I think The Favorite's going to be a rain cloud for me. I haven't seen The Favorite yet, mind you, everybody, but I can't wait. Right my now girlfriend, I'm still pulling for First Reform. My, my girlfriend really wanted to see it, so it's actually playing in two indie theaters so nearby hopefully. me. So. Well, hey, somewhere where First Reform did win something for screenplay was in Indiana. They voted uh, First Reform for Best Original Screenplay. They also gave The Hate You Give Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Film, which I was surprised by that. No, that's good. That's that's a good place to, to recognize issues. Now I'm getting political. That's why I like <laughs> listening to these, I mean, or seeing these critic groups to see, like, little films getting championed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, St. Louis, on the other hand, gave A Star is Born uh, to their top, their top film prize. Very good. I yeah. enjoyed it. No, St. Louis is nearby it, me, so I'm just yeah. like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess the idea that, like, you know, it's very music-driven and St. Louis is a very musical-driven city, so I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought that A Star is Born was going to sweep everything, and this is the first I've seen it win some major awards, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke won for Best Actor, of course. Uh, Tony Collette won for Best Actress. Woo! Uh, yeah, she's got to get then... that Oscar nod, man. I hope she does. Come on, people. Yeah. All the critics love this person. Just just open your heart. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look into your heart and vote for Tony Collette. <laughs> Deep in your heart where the demons play. And then Regina King won Best Supporting Actress, who seems like she's the front runner to win this year. I'm pretty sure. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah there's there's like only been a few where she hasn't won. Her and Richard E. Grant are a lock, I, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, which is, again, surprising. I'm like, Richard E. Grant? Wow. But, hey, you know, again, it's... it's <laughs> I haven't seen it, so. He is really good in that movie, so if he wins, I would not complain at all. He, he steals well, the scene anytime he's in the film, so. Um, now, for Kansas, they voted the tie here for Roma and The Favorite for Best Picture, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, there's actually been some interesting ties out there in these kind of things, but, uh, yeah, so I think they won. Uh, Ethan Hawke won again. Woo! Yeah, glad to see that. Yeah, you know, that's the funny thing is like where everyone else, like the major critic groups are snubbing Ethan Hawke, but all the smaller film uh, film critic groups are totally like giving it to him. Like I, and have actually seen the movie now. He's awesome in that movie. He totally deserves it. Yeah, there you we know? Go. Uh, but yeah, so those were good. And then Boston put out their winners and Beale Street won this time. And then let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. I mean, again, mostly similar winners here. Um, now, I think, well, apparently uh, Roma didn't get recognized a lot in this, but they did win for cinematography for that for that category. So that's cool. All right, then I think we only talked about the nominees for Phoenix last time, but the favorite won there, so that's pretty cool. Which, yeah, yeah, no, favorite is uh, beloved. And uh, again, Ethan Hawke, Regina King, and uh, Richard E. Grant were winners there, so... Wow. Okay, wow. Yeah. Do you have an idea about who the front runner for actress will be? Olivia Coleman uh, is being talked about the most. I don't but... think there is a front runner. Like Melissa, yeah, Melissa McCarthy so won here in Phoenix, and then it's been Tony Collette, uh Melissa McCarthy, and then uh who else has been winning best actress? Uh oh, you know what? Well, I'll get into this because there's actually on Thank You Gold Derby, by the way, I have a little thing here where it has a critic scorecard for who's been winning the most prizes. So we'll talk about that in just a second. Cool. So then last but not least, uh, I, I totally did not plan for this, but we started in Texas and we're ending in Texas again. Uh, Dallas uh, gave out their Best Picture prize to A Star is Born. So there you go. Star is Born with two wins. All right. A Star is Born. Bradley Cooper picking the hype back up. Yeah. So now, okay, so uh, Gold Derby here, like I said, they have a scorecard for who's been winning the most prizes. And so far, at least, I don't think they got everybody on this list here. But for the most part, Roma's been dominating with like over eight wins for Best Picture. So that's amazing. Wow. Um, Quaron has been dominating with Best Director prizes. Uh, Best Actor almost unanimously has been Ethan Hawke, which is kind of a shock. It is, since he's he didn't get nominated for the SAG, right? Uh, or the Golden Globe. So. That's crazy. And he's... At the top? 
I, I feel like the Golden Globes and the SAGs are out of touch with how people feel about these things, but, you know, that's just me. Um, now, like I said, Best Actress has actually not been very unanimous. Uh, it's been, I think, so Olivia Coleman's leading so far with five wins from various critic groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then right on her heels with three wins is Tony Collette and Melissa McCarthy. Oh, well, that's so, cool. Yeah, I like both yeah. of them. Uh, meanwhile, Richard E. Grant has dominated supporting actor prizes, so I'm pretty sure he's getting in. Yeah. Uh, supporting actress, again, almost unanimously, has been Regina King. King no, yeah. Like, no shock whatsoever. Oh, Amy uh, Adams got one there. That's that's fun. Oh, uh, yeah, she won like over Amy in Adams. Kansas. So yeah. oh, there we go. <laughs> well, they, mis- they incorrectly co- titled The Vice, which yeah. I'm like, nope, just Vice. <laughs> Drop the Just the. Vice. <laughs> <laughs> um, screenplay, actually, again, the favorite's been dominating with over six wins. Uh, and then animated feature has been Spider-Man. Like, oh, they, you know, it's happy. funny. We were complaining about Incredibles 2. Like, oh, you know, people are just giving all the attention to that. It's, it only won yeah. one animated film prize in it's Phoenix. Oh, no, sorry, Philadelphia. Whole thing. But yeah, only one. Like you said, cool. All right. I really, really, really want Spider-Man to win over it. I like Seriously. Dial of Dogs better than Incredibles 2 as well. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and then Best Documentary has been mostly Won't You Be My Neighbor, surprisingly enough. Even though all the other major critic groups are stubbing it. So Interesting. Yeah, and then Roma won for foreign film. So there you go. That's a quick list of current like critic state where it is right now. You know, like, like where, where the race is. But now the big pro- the big thing, the one that we started this impromptu podcast for, the Academy for the first time ever. Usually they dole out these short lists over a period of like a few days or a few weeks, but no, they dropped all nine of the major like technical shortlist categories they do for some of these like smaller prizes on one day. Now, I think we, we assume it's going to be this morning because they announced, like, oh, hey, they're going to drop it all, uh, all on Monday. But having read into it, it looks like on uh, what they did was they started in the morning with preliminary voting between all the branches. And then they tallied the votes to release tonight. So. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. I mean, again, they had to coordinate all those different people because, um, okay, so the nine branches they included here were documentary feature, documentary short subject, foreign language film, Makeup and Hair, um, Original Score, Original Song, Animated Short Film, Live Action Short Film, and Visual Effects. Okay. So um, most of these, they narrowed down to like 10, maybe nine categ- uh, nine contenders. Just So, I mean, basically they do this is to make sure that, for one thing, foreign language alone had like somewhere in the hundreds for submitted films. Because you're like, okay, I get if you like foreign language films. But you have to be a hardcore fan to watch every single contender from every single country. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is true. So they narrowed that one down to nine contenders uh, for that one. And then, you know, same thing with short films, because you're not going to watch all the bloody freaking short films they submit to these things. <laughs> <laughs> I, bar- I barely know about these short films when they come out. And usually me, I have to wait until these short lists happen to make any predictions. Because I'm like, I've never heard of these short films. I don't know who watches these short films. You yeah, know? And not to mention they're so hard to even get a hold of. Oh, yeah, because that's things that you have to pay to watch a lot of them, like on right. Vimeo or on iTunes. And then if you don't do that, you have to wait till they do the um, the theatrical runs for these short films, like, yeah. you know, those little showcases. Exactly. Which, it's funny because they're making it harder for most people to see because, you know, only hardcore fans go to watch this stuff. So my professor, who used to be able to watch them here in uh, Carbondale because we had, like, a local theater that would screen them, now he used to travel all the way to St. Louis to be able to watch them. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, and it's like yeah. that, that's a two-hour drive. So, well, what's, the, what's the list of the uh, the short there? Let me just take a look. So well, we here we go. And you know, what? let's let's just get started. We'll talk about um, the categories. All right, so let's yeah, see. Here we go. Um, let's start from the top here, and we'll talk about best documentary feature. So let's see. Um, we got fifteen contenders on the documentary feature. Would you like to read them, Brad? Absolutely. Charm City, Communion. Crime and punishment. Well, see, it says crime plus punishment, so I don't know if that's specific. <laughs> yeah. And that's not an asterisk. It's like a plus, so no. Not ampersand. Okay. Dark money. The distant barking of dogs. Free solo. Woo! Hale County this morning, this evening. Which apparently has been showing up on a bunch of people's, like, preliminary critic yes. list. And I guess yes. it's, it's just because it's a very race-driven documentary, too. So. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Minding the Gap, which uh, has won a couple of awards there. Mm-hmm. Of Fathers and Sons, On Her Shoulders, RBG. Which, <laughs> which we course, finally yeah. found out is like, what does RBG mean? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Doc, making the short list. You, Ruth Bader, believe it. <laughs> Just a Futurama callback there. Shirkers, 
the silence of others, that's probably about murder, I'm guessing, or genocide, <laughs> you know. Three identical strangers, also making a lot of lists, a lot of uh, awards lists there. And last but not least, at least I didn't think it would be the least, but Won't You Be My Neighbor. Yeah, so it looks like Won't You Be My Neighbor is still in the race, but it is hard to say. It's like, so where's the Academy going to lean towards like these documentary features? It's like, are they going to go more popular? Are they going to go more critical? Are they going to go more politics driven? Because, I mean, there's a bunch of these I don't know. Like, yeah. I've never heard of Charm City, and I've never heard of um, The Distant Barking of Dogs. But a bunch of these ones, I'm like, okay, it's a fairly evenly spread mix of types of documentaries the Academy likes, you know? Right. Usually they lean towards whatever causes celebrities are mostly involved in. Uh, but, either that or they like documentaries about being a celebrity or being a performer. Right, right. Like, uh, what was it? Five Feet from Stardom beat out the uh, act three, of killing. Uh, three was feet? It three? Two feet? <laughs> a couple of <laughs> no, feet no, sorry, from th- Stardom. Well, 4,000 feet from Stardom. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You've got the metric system up here. I don't know what it what it's called. Oh, sorry. Tw- 20 feet from Stardom. There we go. <laughs> yeah. 20 feet from Stardom. Yeah. That beat out, um, was it the act of killing? Which everyone was just awestruck about. So... Yeah, and then um, Amy, that won that year, too, where I'm like, I personally thought Amy was good, not great, but apparently, you know, there's so many Amy Winehouse fans out there, they're like, okay, fine, <laughs> you know. Okay. No, yeah, I mean, I liked Amy, the documentary. Um, I guess I'm a little older, and I grew up in California, Seattle, those areas, so when they were, like, doing their shocked, like, I can't believe that drugs could do this to a young teenager with too much money. I was kind of. I just didn't feel like it was. Not that it was dishonest, but like, well, yeah, guys, let's. Are we really going to pretend that this isn't the the path? Well, and it was of self destruction. You know, the, the 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 documentary made it where it's like, yeah, you know, she, you know, obviously was kind of the the victim of her own demise in some ways, but we didn't help. You know, the public. No, didn't. not at all. The public yeah. didn't help her family. My favorite parts of the documentary was her relationship with Tony Bennett because it was finally some like joy and love was put into her life. The rest, it was just seemed like, I don't you know, know maybe I, actually, I have to watch I it agree. again. I really like that part with Tony Bennett. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so. that was my favorite part. But uh, yeah. I digress. And thanks for letting me digress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is what this podcast is for. So. <laughs> yeah, clearly the film stuck with me. So it, it, it works. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I do remember I did fall asleep in that theater, though. I was just like, oh, dang. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was all bad. It was just a part where I'm like, okay, I'm just, I, it was a weird thing where the film actually had a weird inverse effect. I'm like, maybe I'm not as big an Amy Winehouse fan as I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, just putting, just hearing her sing about the doctor told me that I should go must out to rehab. I said, no, no. That was an empowering song when I was young. And now it's like, oh, oof. Yikes. Yeah, it's got a whole new context after that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, so um, it was hard to watch. So let's see. So best documentary short subject. Apparently there were 104 films that were in consideration, and they mercifully narrowed it down to 10. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> wow. Well, yes. wh- whoever's job that was, we salute you. Yep. Um, so they narrowed it down to these 10 here. Black Sheep, Endgame, Lifeboat, Los Commandos, the my dead son porno I'm no sorry my dead dad's porno tapes which I'm like uh that's an interesting title sounds <laughs> like a Seth Rogen comedy <laughs> oh jeez that's a really dark yeah. <laughs> comedy no, I don't um, know a what night at the garden period end of su- uh, sentence uh sixty three boycott women of the gulag and Zion which cool I've never yeah. heard of any of these yeah, there you go well women <laughs> women of the gulag is grabbing my interest I've read some you know, brief histories about the gulags. Nothing but horror about those, so that'd be interesting. Uh, Endgame, clearly a short documentary about the making of the next Avengers film. So. <laughs> that would be great. You know, sometimes I tend to think that these ones are mostly voted on by whatever has the most interesting title, because that's the way I won last year when I put it to this category. It's like, oh, yeah, Heaven's a Traffic Jam on the 405. Yeah, that's, uh, let's go that's with that. a good title. Yeah, that's a great title. Oh, yeah. So I've been like, on the 405. Like Dead Dad's so... tapes is catching my attention right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like... Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of hope that's a comedy and not like the destruction of a family after the father has passed away. 
Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like. There's, some, there's either great hilarity or horrible tragedy involved with that. Right, title, exactly. So, so tongue, <laughs> hopefully, it's tongue in cheek. Yeah. Now, here's what I'm excited about: is the foreign language film contenders. So, uh, Brad, can you tell us which of the films made it to this foreign language list? Absolutely. From Colombia, Birds of Passage. From Denmark, The Guilty. From Germany, Never Look Away. From Japan, Shoplifters. That's been making the rounds, making a mm-hmm. ton of lists there. From Kazakhstan, Aika. That's oh, A-Y-K-A. Kazakhstan. That's awesome. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. From Lebanon. Lebanon, right? Yep. yep. Capernaum. From Mexico, Roma. Poland, Cold War. And, of course, the clear frontrunner, South Korea, Burning. Now, here's the funny thing is, like, almost all these are actually the films that were being predicted for this uh, category. Yes, even Burning, obviously. Yes. There's a whole whole lot of love for that movie. Um, But interesting, the movie that didn't make it was Border. Yeah, well, I feel kind of guilty about that. I remember... (laughs) It was your fault, Brad. You said it wasn't worthy, and they listened. (laughs) Yeah, if you listen to that screener review, I can't believe I can reenact it. You were like, Bradley, do you see this making the, the award circuit? And I just praised it pretty well. And I love that folklore. I do love the folklore of um, the Norwegian people. But yeah, you asked so enthusiastically, oh, do you see award things? And I paused and I paused. No, it was <laughs> like an irritated well, no. Like, what is wrong with me? Because Well, was hey, good, you so. know, you can't always predict this stuff. So. Yeah. Now, the two, well, no, actually, no, the one that I didn't know anything about was Kazakhstan's film, Aika. So, uh, but everything else, I mean, what, The Guilty, uh, I know, I think Chris saw that, and he actually really liked that film a lot. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah, he saw Shoplifters, too, and said it was really good. Uh, Never Look Away is the new film from the guy who did The Lives of Others, so that had a little bit of uh, clout behind it. Okay. Uh, Capernaum was getting a bunch of critic love when it first came out. Cold War just, you know, like I said, we just won a whole bunch of prizes. Mm-hmm. And then Burning, you know, people seem to really like that movie. So, and then Mexico. I mean, the, the only one that was just also not familiar, Birds of Passage. But apparently people have been talking up that one a little bit lately. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, Dogman didn't make it in, which people seem to, like, have one of those, like, wild reactions. Like, oh, this film's either really, really good or you're like, what was that? I really that. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's cool. Uh, let's see. So then we got. Well, actually, any last thoughts on that before we move on? No, I'm I'm happy to see all of these in the future. Shoplifters is what I'm keeping my eye out for. Yeah, well, that one it sounds like it's going to be a head-to-head battle between Shoplifters and Col- and uh, Roma and Cold War. Those are the three top contenders coming out this year. So. Now, if Roma does get on the Best Picture list, will it also be on Best Foreign Picture? Oh, it's possible. You can you can be a contender like in double both. category. There's, That'd be kind of yeah. There's, neat. there's no uh, limits on that. So yeah. that usually means you're probably not going to win one or the other. Right. <laughs> yeah, like when Toy Story three, I believe was best picture and best animated uh, nominated. <laughs> so you're just like, well, there goes its best picture chances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the next one here is best makeup and hairstyling, which I'm excited to see the ones that made it on this list. So let's see. It's uh Black Panther, of course. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which surprised me a bit. I, somehow, Bohemian Rhapsody is ending up to be a surprise awards contender when nobody seemed to get so they're so well, divided on that. Film. I mean, he looks he looks like Freddie Mercury, and Rami Malek doesn't look like Freddie Mercury, so you know. But yeah, does, is that everything though. else in it good? I have no idea. Which it, it it really just depends on how much some of the fudging they do with historical facts bug you in the film. From what I hear, yeah, so. yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, um, Border got a makeup nomination, uh, or at least it's eligible for one here. So yeah, yeah, which I saw a trailer of the makeup, and the makeup was pretty it's good. It's good. Yeah, so. they they look like they could be real people that look like that. Uh, let's see, the Mary Dennis, Queen of yeah. Scots, which just looking at uh, Margot Robbie alone, or sorry, Margot Robbie alone, you're like, yeah, that's some crazy freaking makeup they had here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stan and Ollie, which I'm surprised by. Like I. It's one of those films that's been quietly making the rounds. Because do you know about this movie, yeah. Brad? Well, is uh, John C. Riley's in that, right? Yeah, it's the um, the Stan, uh, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy uh, film. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you see John C. Riley's picture in this, he looks dead on like you know Stan. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to see that. He, no, no, he's actually sorry, no, Ollie. He's Oliver Hardy. That's right. Um, and then Suspiria is eligible, which Suspiria. I was surprised by that. And then Vice, which, no duh, if you look at Christian Bale, again, you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah, completely. Now, the one I'm surprised got left off here was The Favorite, which I thought would have been a contender for this one. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah, some, and uh, no Mary Poppins theory. Returns. Um, oh, that is weird because everything yeah. looks so colorful and pop, it pops. You know, usually they have the pops on here. Yeah. Well, but otherwise, yeah, uh, this looks like a solid list of contenders. I would say. So. Yeah, mm, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. Now this one I'm really excited because I love the music categories because I love listening, finding out new scores and new songs. So this first one here, um, as they say here, there were 156 eligible scores they could have gone from, and they chose 15 uh, in the end. Mm -hmm. Now, some of these I'm very curious about because they were not the films I would have suspected for a score contender. Uh, Bradley, you want to read off these ones? Absolutely. Looks like they're in alphabetical order. Have they all been? I just very mercifully. Wow. <laughs> Annihilation. Hmm. Avengers Infinity War. Woo! <laughs> the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Woo! Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Black Klansmen. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians. The Death of Stalin. Fantastic Beast. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. First Man. Mm-hmm. If Bill Street Could Talk. Yes, dang right. I Love Dogs. Which, that is a great score, too. I love uh, dogs. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mary Poppins Returns. Okay. A Quiet Place. Sure. Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. And Vice. Now, this is interesting. Um, let's see, because I'm actually, I have my list of my predictions I made earlier, which I'll have to update now that we actually have official short list of eligible contenders. Um, so Green Book was ineligible along with a few other ones, including Solo, which, <laughs> if you didn't hear the story, Solo's ineligible because they forgot to put out a submission for it. Oh. So literally, they were just too lazy <laughs> to put it out there. So That's not that it would have made the list. But well, yeah, um, yeah, out of all the contenders that I'm looking at here, just the ones I put up, I'm like, you know, this seems about right. You know, like there's a lot more blockbusters than I thought there would be, though. Now, are you, you're a music. Are you a music guy? Oh, I love original scores. Yeah, okay. Is, like I, I'm tempted once they actually narrow down the nominees to do another music podcast like we did last season. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying. Could I ask Annihilation? I really enjoyed Annihilation. I also enjoyed the the books, the Area X trilogy, as sometimes it's called. But um, it, the score is like yeah, I wasn't terribly impressed. Like, like um, the score is unique. Well, it's, but yeah. I wouldn't say it's yeah. But well, what do you think of that? I mean, if it just sounds, I don't know, like disturbing, and it should, and curious, and alien. I think it's a good score, but at the same time, like, could you play that live or? Someone no, there's like a lot a... of like weird like chanting and warbles and radio. Dis- I mean, like audio distortion. I'm just right. like, it's just a bunch of noise. Like, <laughs> it's interesting. Like, like you can make scores that are like that. I mean, Gravity. I mean, I argue wasn't as great a score as everyone says it is, but it is a score that was mostly driven on like you know crazy distorted music notes and that stuff. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm just like. Okay, you can make scores like that, but you know, just looking here, like Infinity War, I was shocked to see that's on the contenders list. Which the score is great in Infinity War. Yeah, um, it's kind of, the, the music Stalin. for the Avengers has come a long way to say the oh, least. Yeah. Well, for Marvel films in general, they've been putting a lot more into their music stock because it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of need to make melodic scores that people can actually remember. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, then like uh, Crazy Rich Asians and Death of Stalin, I couldn't even think of those scores like i mean i i saw death of stalin i haven't seen crazy mm-hmm. with agents yet but i'm like death of stalin score i can't really pinpoint like i know it's there but i always thought that was just source music so. okay yeah I'm, I'm not sure either i don't know yeah but that is a little bit of a slight boost of the death of stalin stock in the oscars you're like okay people haven't forgotten that film <laughs> you know yeah yeah um quiet place i mean marco beltrami the guy who does the score there he does a lot of really good solid scores yeah did, you're saying um, yeah yeah, he does Hurt Locker. He did 310 to Yuma. Wow. Um, I think he got a reason recently. He's the guy who wrote the score for Scream back in the day, too. Oh, so. wow. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. So he's been around for a while. Uh, Vice is uh, Nicholas Patel, which I think he also did Beale Street. So it's like, yeah, he's got a double contender this year. And then even people, as, as met everyone is with Fantastic Beast, they're like, yeah, but the music's really good. So. Oh, yeah. The music of Harry Potter has always been... Top oh, but I'm so happy though. Buster Scruggs is up for nomination uh, eligibility category. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, yes, that movie's great. Well, so. the music is such a character in that as well. You know, and every, everything's a character in that. Everybody go watch Buster Scruggs. It's on your Netflix. 
Oh yeah, and even um, uh, you know, it's also partly because people love Carter Burwell, the composer, and it's one of the things where uh, I don't know if you know the story about this. You know why that he only got his first nomination like two years ago? Um, punched an Academy member in the liver. I don't know. <laughs> You know what? That's actually a more entertaining, entertaining story than the real one. <laughs> that would be great. But no, um, he just never wanted to submit to the Oscars. He's like, well, I don't need validation for the Oscars to get uh, candidacy at the, you know, for awards and stuff. Why do I need their attention? Yeah, but then, because he wrote like, you know, he did Fargo's music. He did No Country for Old Men's music. He did a wow. bunch of really great scores, but he just never cared to submit. So at some yes. point, somebody twisted his arm, just go like, dude, just give it a try. And like, okay, fine, I'll submit Carol. You know, the uh, the score for that movie. Yeah, yeah. And he got an Oscar nomination for that one, and I think he got one more last year. Oh, yeah, for uh, um, Three Billboards. So. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, hey, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, just try. Yeah, give it a shot, you know? yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, darn, I got recognized for some really good Ugh, music. I got to give a speech now, you know, something like that. <laughs> I, I, I have to show up and get a prize, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's good for him. I think I think he's a great composer. So it's like, yeah, just just give it a shot, man. Now, this ought to be interesting. This is the best original song category. And uh, let's see. 90 songs were eligible, and they narrowed it down to 15 for this one as well. Uh, it's actually a very widespread list of... Because that's the problem with predicting song categories. There's so many songs that come out for any films that you never know what's actually going to be the submitted ones. Because also, um, the studio has to decide which songs they're going to submit for con con uh, consideration. Uh hmm. But yeah, so here, let me just read down the list. Uh, this yeah. makes me so happy. The main song from Battle of Buster Scruggs when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings made it into the contention. So I'm just yeah. like, yeah. That's fantastic. Because <laughs> actually, I was shocked. I'm like, oh, wait, um, there's a bunch of other songs they um, that weren't written for the movie that are actually like traditional cowboy ballads. Yeah, but this yeah. song was originally written by, um, I want to say it's Carter Burwell and then Tim Blake Nelson and the guy who played the guy, you know, at the end of the story. I'm not going to say why because it's kind of a spoiler. But they all contributed to writing the song together. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that was Let's a see. great um, one. Yeah. The song Treasure from Beautiful Boy. Never heard of it, so I can't tell you. Nope. Uh, all the Stars from Black Panther, which, <laughs> funny, I read a comment on one of our previous episodes where mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't really recognize that song. And this guy was just like, yeah, you guys are clearly not in tune with the hip hop scene. No, <laughs> we're know? not. Womp, we admit it. We admit it, people. Yeah. We are not. <laughs> we are very white up here in this podcast, except for Shaq. So. <laughs> I know more songs from like the Wiggles than actually important music these days. Well, you actually have a reason because you have kids, man. <laughs> yeah, so that's there you go. I I have no excuse. I'm just lame. So, <laughs> uh, we got Revelation from Boy Race, which has been getting promoted a lot. So, um, we got Girl in the Movies from that Netflix film Dumplin', uh, the one with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we won't move the song from The Hate You Give, which still glad that that film's getting recognized. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. um, two songs from Mary Poppins Returns: The Place Where Lost Things Go and Trip a Little Light Fantastic. So pretty much the two songs that they did promotions of before the soundtrack came out. It's cool. like, yeah. okay, so no one else actually listened to the rest of the soundtrack, which, to be fair, I yeah. haven't either because I'm waiting to see the movie. But well, it's like, oh, those two songs they put for free. Let's nominate those. Yeah, Triple Little Light Fantastic sounds like an Oscar-nominated song as well. Well, so um, they're two very different songs because the, the place where a lot of things go is the somber song of the movie. So it's very much like, um, you know that Feed the Bird song from the first movie? Yeah. It's very much in the style of that, you know, kind of that very soft, melodic ballad oh, kind of thing. Okay. Um, and then Triple O Light Fantastic is kind of, it's not quite step in time, but it's getting that vibe because it's um, the one that Lin-Manuel Miranda sings. Oh, so, good. Yeah, that's probably yeah, a Or at least of one of the songs he sings because it's the one that, you know, he's doing his Triple Little Light Fantastic <laughs> kind of thing like that. So. <laughs> yeah. And yes, he has a very goofy non-British accent like uh, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke does. <laughs> um, let's see. Keep Reaching from that documentary Quincy that came out, which... I you know I guess people didn't like it enough to put it on a contention for a documentary feature, but hey, that's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll fight from RBG. Uh, a place called Slaughter Race from Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I'm shocked that film that, that one actually made it. So a place called Slaughter Race. If you don't know, that's from Ralph. That just sounds like whoa, like well, a, almost like a death like, metal uh, ballad, you know. Well, because that thing is like it's kind of a parody song, which that seems to be the thing because it's the guy who oh, okay. did um, what's his name, Alan Menken, you know, the main Disney composer. Yeah. Yeah, it's the song where it's kind of a parody of, you know, Slaughter Race is a parody of, like, Grand Theft Auto, Mad Max-style video games. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek number they did in the middle of the movie, from what I heard. So uh, I, I'm surprised, but I haven't seen that one yet, so. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just wasn't terribly interested in that one, and it sounds like everyone's like, it's all right, you no, know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a jerk when it comes to sequels, so I really have to be yeah. one over to see a sequel. I'm a bastard. It's kind of under, well, yeah. I mean, I want to say it's underperforming, but it didn't hold up very long in the box office from what I've been hearing. So. Yeah. Um, now, how do you pronounce this one here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's spelled, spelled out O-Y-A-H-Y-T-T. So either it's spelled that way or it's... I think it might be an acronym. Oyahit. A song from Sorry to Bother You. So please feel free to correct us. We do not know, guys. But hey, Sorry to Bother You representation. Now, funny enough, there's only one Star Wars Born song they submitted, but it's the obvious one, Shallow. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, everyone's predicting is going to be the one that wins, so I'm not surprised. Well, uh, let's you, see. you know, you want Gaga to perform on stage at your show, oh, yeah. of course. Um, Suspiria got a song nomination for Suspirium, the song in that film, which I don't know, so I need... Again, I'm going to go and listen to all these songs once I'm done, so I can actually get a good idea. Yeah, same here. Suspirium, dee-dum-dum-dum. I'm just <laughs> That's exactly the way it goes, I'm sure. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then the last one here is the big unknown from Widows. So that's okay. like okay. Yeah, yeah. Widows. Good. Uh, the next one here then is the animated short film category. There was 81 films submitted and they narrowed it down to 10. So Bradley. Mm-hmm. We have Age of Sail, Animal Behavior, Bow. So, you know, Bow is the one from Pixar, that one with the um, the mother and the living like dumpling or whatever. Yes. The yeah, amph- yeah. yeah, the living dumpling oh if you can anybody listening watch that with kids and ask them what they thought they'll say the craziest stuff but also kind of profound in a way it's anyways a weird short <laughs> uh let's see what we got here bill what adjust the glasses i don't have bilby okay <laughs> bilby did you adjust your invisible glasses yeah. to read bil- just bilby so- yeah, I's and L's together, man. I don't know what it is. I'm like, what the heck? Okay. Bird Karma, Late Afternoon, Lost and Found, One Small Step, Pepe Lemos, and Weekends. Cool. I've only heard of maybe like two of these. So. Yeah, I'm thinking Bow will continue the tradition of Pixar winning the short film, so... You know, you say that, but I don't know if it's as universally loved as some of their previous short films, so we'll have to see. Well, did the did the one with the Lost and Found box win? Because that wasn't great either, but it's I'm pretty um, sure it's No, stolen. it didn't, because last year's winner was Dear Basketball. Oh, so. oh that's right. Uh, Kobe Bryant with the Oscar, right? Yeah, and that's when they tried to throw him under the bus, because they're like, oh, wait, he's a, a sexual predator and a rapist <laughs> and that stuff. You're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they forgot. <laughs> no, I'm they just did kidding. And they just didn't. Kidding. They so. didn't, they did Well, can art stand on its own? I think so, but I mean, and obviously it's like, I okay, think so, fine. Like, you it's, know, it's I tough. am not as well versed with the Kobe Bryant stuff. I know enough to say, yeah, there's probably some shady stuff possibly there, but I can't only judge the movie as itself. Well, know? what's interesting is is when these athletes, celebrities, and people in real life, people that we know personally in our lives, deal with their shit, I'll just call it. Um, pay retribution in an ideal world. Everyone pays for what they've done. And still people are like, wait a second, you know, didn't you do something like 10 years ago? And regardless of what the outcome of that was, it seems we're still, we're currently living in a culture where none of that even matters. So tough times. Yeah, no, he can still make his films, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but it was also know. notable because the other animator who worked on the film is a legend uh, in the industry. So that's why it won, too. Yeah. So. And no one's bringing him up, though. That's not a good headline. Well, he has nothing. Yeah, he has no dirty laundry. Like that, so. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. your clean laundry out of my dirty laundry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now, um, we get the last two categories here. The first one here is the live action short films. So they went from 140 films eligible, yikes, to 10. Wow. So, whew. Well, that's pretty cool. You forget how many short films and how many films in general just get made. We are drowning in content, people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Spoiled. Oh, sorry? We are spoiled. We are. Um, The live-action short films were Caroline, Church Otage, or Chachotage, how do you say that? Um, Detainment, Falve, Ikare, Marguerite, Mayday, Mother, no, not the Jennifer Lawrence one, some other one, Mm-hmm. Uh, skin and whale, W A L E. So it was like how short films have short titles. 
pretty cool. So now the thing I noticed about live action short films is that usually they're foreign film dominated. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the last mm-hmm. few years, like there'll be some American films that win, but there's a lot of foreign nominees that come out in this category. Yeah. So I guess just short films are much more popular outside of the U.S. or at least much more recognized outside the U.S. So. Well, you know, in other countries, you got yourself a camera, a cast, and something to say, and you want to say it. Uh, you know, clearly there isn't giant production people knocking down the doors of people who uh, want want to say something, so they're short films. Yeah. Now, the last one here, though, is one I'm sure everyone wants to hear. Best visual effects. So, um, let's see. There was a preliminary list before this list that was 20 nominees that they were narrowing it down to, and now they narrowed it down to the final 10. <clears throat> Sorry. Ugh, my stomach. Uh, the final 10. <laughs> so, uh, Bradley... I'm curious what you think about this when you read read through these nominees, because I'm like, I, I'm surprised by a couple of these ones. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about the surprises. That's cool. Yeah. So let's read off the list here. You read them all? <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Ant-Man and the Wasp. Woo. Avengers Infinity War. Woo. Black Panther. Woo. Christopher Robin. Which I'm not surprised. I mean, the effects were pretty good I'm, in the trailers. I'm kind of surprised, so. and I'll let you know in a second here, but... First Man. Okay. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. The film that nobody likes, but everyone keeps promoting. (laughs) Mary Poppins Returns. Ready Player One. Which, you know, that's one of those things, too, where I, it's, it's weird how popular or unpopular that film is, depending on who you ask, you know? I, I haven't seen it. My son saw it. He liked it. The, it's, uh, it's a fun film. Yeah. It's just forgettable. I've listened to the audiobook by uh, Will Wheaton narrates the most recent audiobook, at least. I'm not sure how many narrations there are. And oh. um, that was a lot of fun. That was kind of some meta fun, listening to him talk about the 80s and 90s. So, Solo, a Star Wars story. Which the effect word is pretty good in that film, to be fair. Yeah. And Welcome to Marwin. Wow. Which, uh, has so that come out yet? Is, that still hasn't come um, out, right? That comes out this week. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking looks, to uh, a few other people. Cool, but yeah, I mean I the effects, about... but hmm. oh yeah, which is funny because also that film only cost thirty nine million dollars to make, reportedly. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Steve Carell's yeah, so pretty cool guy. It's nice to see because I mean it's Zemeckis directing directing it, and you know he's always a whiz kid when it comes to visual effects on cheap on a budget too. Yeah, it's like yeah. he doesn't need a lot of money. He can make even better effects on a budget uh, on a bigger budget, but he can make pretty good effects even on smaller budgets. So now, did he do the Polar Express? Was that him? Uh, yeah, so that was his thing where, you know, because he was more famous for Back to the Future, Forrest Gump. Of course, of course. My point, so. I guess the point I'm making, and he seems to always have kind of like his finger on the pulse of what type of um, the CGI is going to be pushed heavily next. Maybe not as uh, much as James, Cam- James Cameron has his finger on the pulse, but I don't know. He always seems to be doing something interesting visually is he, what I'm getting at. He likes to experiment, but, you know, he Experiment. Was kinda, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was struggling a bit with those CG animated films he was doing, you yeah. know, because like what? Polar Express weirded everybody out. Uh, <laughs> Beowulf. Beowulf weirded everyone out and turned them on with that Angelina Jolene scene. <laughs> was that Beowulf? You remember that? that? Where, uh, yeah, I haven't, where I haven't seen Beowulf. it. I, I enjoy the, the spoken word play whatever you want to call it too much to watch a movie of it so yeah no it's um those effects do not hold up very well <laughs> Let me just say yeah. that. um and then he also <laughs> did that cg um christmas carol movie so uh, not not a f- well it was better than polar express yeah no but uh so now he's been kind of doing his career comeback with doing live action films like flight um the walk and a few other films but yeah so th- i just don't know where welcome to marwin's gonna fit because it feels like I'm not sure how the trailers are being marked. Like they're they're totally so uneven in their marketing. No, you're absolutely like, right. Yeah, it, it it's it's. Sorry, I keep repeating myself in this little contest. No, you're a fine. guy a guy gets beat up and he's like, "Ow, they hate crime to me." Also, here are some dolls I play with, Marwin, and me and my wife are like, "What?" What's what now? What's this movie about? Well, because supposedly it's like his therapy that he does these photography things with dolls. Oh, to be able to- okay. Well, yeah, should... it's based on a real guy. This is actually based on a documentary that they made called Marwin. Oh, wow. Oh, oh sorry, Marwin's called. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then that's the thing is like, so, okay, there's the one thing about the life-affirming, you know, overcoming tragedy, but then there's also this really dark story around this very fluffy look. Because the CG is all about where you go into the dolls and there's like a reenactment of his stories of him and the other dolls fighting the Nazis, you know, in like CG where they uh, motion capture map all the actors' faces on the dolls. 
Weird. Now, is it, it a really is it about a veteran? A veteran? No, that's thing. Like, he's just some or? dude who these neo-Nazi a holes beat up, and then oh, they actually... and then okay. Yeah, yeah. So then he they <laughs> no. capture the guys later, and he has to go testify against them in court. So Ooh, pretty scary. But good yeah. for Meanwhile, him. there's all this stuff with the dolls. So yeah. I, I, what the story you just told me sounds interesting. I, me and my wife at least did not get that from the trailer at all. No, the trailers are so confusing. So I'm I'm worried that this film's probably like, even for like, being only thirty nine million dollars, it's probably going to underperform really badly. I well, feel. in the trailer when she's like, "It's a hate crime," they hate crimed you. Me and my wife were like. Is it a hate crime because he's weird? Is it a hate crime because he's quirky? But yeah, if a neo-Nazi attacks someone, there you go. There's your answer. Yeah, not clear not in the trailer. Definitely. So anyways. Not at all. Um, but no, I'm interested because, I mean, a lot of these are pretty worthy contenders. Like, so I'm curious. Uh, let's see. Out of these five, who are the ones that really strike out to you as like, this should definitely win or be nominated? Um, I would say Avengers Infinity War should definitely that one should be win, nominated. By far. Yeah. I think, oh, good, we, well, there you go, we're on the same page. Um, I thought the first trailers of Christopher Robin showing Pooh as the bear that he actually looked like as a stuffed animal were better than making him a little happier and rounder looking. So I don't know how to feel about that one being nominated. Yeah, I'm, so I don't know if it's actually going to make it or not. Because that's the thing, it's like, there's a lot of these where they're just so close. Because I think they got rid of a couple of the... Um, I'm trying to remember what other films did I pick up for this possibly being nominated. Uh, yeah, so no Annihilation, no Bumblebee, which was shocking. Yeah. Uh, no Aquaman, hmm. no the no... Meg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Meg is dead, man. <laughs> they killed both of the Megs really <laughs> hardcore in that. Womp, womp. Um, no Pacific Rim, no Fantastic Beast, no no Quiet Place, no Deadpool. So they yeah, left Deadpool's off quite weird. a few contenders on this list. Now. Jurassic World's on here. What is that like? Just so. like a nod to, hey, remember Jurassic World? That was a darling way back when, and we're keeping it's the ball rolling. El- or it's what? eligible, but I, the last film didn't get nominated. I don't think this one's going to get nominated either, unless it's just a complete shock. I, I, I'm, I'm I think, back. I think the effects in Jurassic World are good, but so many of so much of the story beats make the effects bad. Do you understand <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, like the movie is all the elements of the movie are brought down by how dumb that script is. Yeah, when hot lava pulls on hot lava in a sequence, if you haven't seen it, it hits a dinosaur in the face, and the dinosaur's like, "Wow, what an inconvenience!" And hot lava <laughs> melts things on impact, more or less. Come on, yeah. shouldn't it have like I don't know? Also, died you can't instantly? be around hot lava when it's that much all around you, like like that close, you know? Right, like, I'm no volcanologist, but that really made the effect. The hot lava looked fine. The dinosaur looked fine. When they clashed and there was no consequence, the effect looked so stupid. And there's a lot of problems with the Fallen Kingdom that do that. So I'm not sure why it got... I disagree if it gets a nod, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I would agree, too. Uh, Welcome to Marwin also. I'm kind of that vibe where I'm like, you know, those CG doll animations just don't look that great. Like, they're okay. Is it like a kitsch thing, you think? Like, yeah, it's kitschy. It's... It's not something that's been really done, I suppose. But then again, yeah. like Woody as a character in the Pixar films looks a thousand times more convincing than Steve Carell face on a Ken doll. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, First Man is probably the one I would vote for, for like RD film that actually has good visual effects in it kind of thing. Oh, the, yeah. I haven't seen it, but everyone who has seen it says space looks terrifying. Yeah, so I'm like, that would be a good one for like, okay, whatever you may feel about uh, First Man in terms of its story and directing and that stuff, visually it's a pretty good looking film. So it's like, that would be a fair nomination to give it, I think. Now, what do you think of uh, Solo being on here? I think it's fine. I mean, like, it's not one I would say like, oh man, those effects were great, but I'm like, yeah, they're solid, you know? Star Wars movies usually have solid effects. Oh, sure. And watching the Millennium Falcon fly around is pretty cool. Now, I'm curious with Black Panther because I'm like, Okay, so there's the whole debate on how how much Black Panther is gonna get nominated because like sure, fine, it, you know I've I've made peace with the fact that it's probably gonna get a Best Picture nomination. I'm just like sure, mm-hmm. fine, yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but you that's well, one of the main things people criticized was how shoddy the visual effects were in that final sequence. So I'm like, is it gonna push past that to still get it just because it's Black Panther, or do you think it's actually gonna miss out on that? Um, seeing it in costume and design. Like, for visual effects, when people have said it shouldn't get visual effects, I've said, you know, on record, on one of these even, uh, what are you talking about? Wakanda looks amazing. But a lot of that is, in fact, costume and design. Yeah. Uh, the visual effects, like the rhinos, the um, okay fight Some, scene. 
Yeah, the fight um, scenes, the ships, the, uh, uh, the cars. The best. You know, like, yeah. Well, the best visual effects to me was the car chase sequence. Everything other than that was kind of like it was a little eh. plasticky looking. I felt. I'm just like, you it's, know, they're okay. Yeah. Right. It's no like it's no like green grass car case. <laughs> car case. Car chase sequence, but well, even then, did you see the last Bourne movie? That car chase at the end was incomprehensible. I did not so. see the last Bourne film. I'm sorry, no everybody. Garbage, <laughs> so. But that's the thing. It's like, yeah, like you know, okay, Black Panther's fine. Now, on the other hand, Avengers, they clearly put all their money to that movie for its yeah. effects. Well, <laughs> like, Avengers has so many story-driven effects as well. Well, because that's the thing, like, even just the motion capture for jo- Josh Brolin as Thanos, it's like, yeah, that is some of the best motion capture, like, <laughs> n- not just in terms of matching the mood of the actors, but just clarity, texture for work, like, and that Forever, stuff. Ever. Yeah, that, that's like the new high standard, I think. There oh, are going to yeah. be no, so it... many people after they see Aquaman, regardless of James Wan's amazing eye for uh, detail and concerns of storytelling, they're going to be like, mm, it wasn't as good as Infinity War, though. Well, see, because even me, like, even when I watch the trailers, I'm like, the visual effects look okay. They just don't look rendered very well, you know? Right. No, and I agree with that. But, man, and the sequence is, my favorite sequence visual effect is actually when Tony Stark puts on his, his, I believe it's from the Extremis run from the comics, the nano suit, while he's taking off the shades. Because that's, that's such a quick reminder of who Tony Stark is. Like, he's so effing cool. I can't stand it. And... He's like, yeah, nanosuit technology, you like it? And I'm like, brah, freaking oh, man. This is, this, I am in for the visual ride of my life now. And it gets better and better from there. So I think that should be the clear winner. Yeah, you know, and also, though, it's nice to show that, you know, for as much as Disney's promoting Black Panther to get wins and as such, it's nice to see that in the Academy itself, people are recognizing that, yeah, Infinity War actually has some good stuff. Because even visual effects and music contention now, you know, it's like, oh, it may man. not actually get the nominations, but it shows there's support within the group, you know, even if, if Marvel itself isn't going to campaign for it. Yeah. yeah, 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 of course. No, I did that a lot. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think the effects are pretty good in that movie, but I, I you know, with the other two heavy hitters next to it, I doubt it's going to get in i won't say no because now they've eliminated some of the other people i thought would get in easily so i'm mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. well i haven't seen that man in the wasp yet oh um, it's actually really good i was like i, I, I was openly that. i openly stated how much i did not like the first ant-man movie because i'm like that's just a huge shoddy mess this one actually worked a lot better i think well you know scott lang's a hard character to get because paul rudd is so paul rudd you know <laughs> oh i mean the, the problem wasn't the well okay it was a little bit of the character it wasn't the problem <laughs> yeah. with the actors and like the way why that is trying to why is someone as charming and fun trying to be why why did they shoehorn him into a tony stark role that's not no the problem isn't even that the problem with more in the first film is that it was very clearly like something they were trying to save last minute after edgar wright left so it's like okay. yeah they kept like and they, four they did of a the good sequ- job with that considering that i guess yeah I liked it. Of. It's fine. I, I just felt that it was so inconsistently like they're trying to imitate Edgar Wright without understanding how to do what he does good. You know? Okay. Well, well, yeah. yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. There wasn't so anything Ant-Man in Ant Man. You know, when people said, "Was this sequence Edgar Wright?" I'd always kind of feel like, "Well, I'm not like floored by it, so I don't think it was." Well, there's a couple you can definitely tell where, like, yeah, at least the storyboards <laughs> were definitely Edgar Wright style. But yeah, it wasn't. yeah. But then in this one, they didn't have anything hampering them with that. It's like, okay, without any Edgar Wright influence, we can just make our own story, and I think it worked a lot better in comparison. Sure. So. My biggest nitpick about Ant Man, and it's a silly nitpick, I know. I'm sorry, everyone. Is when Michael Douglas is like, "You will be smaller, but it will be like you're bigger since your density will be the same. So when you tiny punch someone, it'll be like your big punch." Now, excuse me while I walk around with this tank and this building, like. <laughs> You know, actually, you're breaking your own rules, man. What what, what is it? What is it? You're small and small, or you're big and you're big. Which is it? On that note, though, too, I will say the most impressive visual effects in the film are the de aging sequences, where they show um, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Lawrence Fishburne, uh, you know, as they were younger, and you're like, wow, this is pretty gosh dang convincing. (laughs) It's pretty cool, yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean, especially. You know, we'll see with Captain Marvel when that comes out in a few months. The technology got even better with showing Samuel Jackson when he looks like, like, making him look like 20 years younger. You're just like, wow, dang. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm know? so stoked for Captain Marvel. Yeah. I'm I'm less stoked for that one just by the trailers alone. But the, the visual effects alone, I'm just like, okay, I'm at least curious to see what it looks like. You know? Well, I, I just never thought I'd see a Carol Danvers movie in my lifetime. I thought maybe I'd see a Captain Marvel get maybe two lines in a another heroes driven film 
but not an actual Carol Danvers movie. That's that's insane, man. I'm like over the moon over this. Yeah, no, absolutely. So there we go, guys. That's all the nine major contenders, uh, at least for this little short list. So I mean, obviously the other categories have much broader, you know, they don't need a short list to narrow down, I guess. I guess maybe they they, they have a lot more trust in those branches than they do with these branches. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, if you were trying to sort through 140 movies for a live action short, you want a short list really badly. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, uh, yeah, now that we've read all the nominees, what do you guys think? Do you think some of these people absolutely deserved it? Do you feel anyone got snubbed? Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the messages. Uh, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are. But, yeah, follow uh, us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Let us know. We're happy absolutely. to. And I'm always Which, happy to respond to anybody. If you see me on Facebook, I respond to most things. So happy yeah, to talk. So you can find Bradley Martin on Twitter and Facebook. So. Yeah, and then you can find me here. You know, obviously, I I help with this show. I help with the Breakfast Pub. I do the Screener Squad. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of all around on a, on a, a one of us dot net. So. Jack of all trades, <laughs> master of none. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys very much for listening. Who uh, for those who are listening, and yeah, we'll probably it'll take a little longer because we'll need to like you know wait for more stuff to happen with the Oscars, but. Yeah, uh, we should have some new stuff soon within a matter of weeks. But until then, if we don't hear you before then, Merry Christmas and have a happy holidays, you guys.